0: 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You probably have heard it. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me, but now for now, we see only reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God always blesses the reading of God's holy Word. Come Holy Spirit. Teach us again, lead us again. I pray now that the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts would be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Meet everyone here today with exactly what they need, Lord. Um, Bring your word. Fill us with your spirit. Touch our hearts. In Christ we pray. Amen. A guy named Bob Saget died suddenly last Sunday. How many of you ever heard of Bob Saget? You may know he was a husband, a dad, an actor, a comedian, a TV host. He died in his sleep at 65, too, too young, too young. I have to tell you, I never really watched his TV show, Full House. I never really watched his America, America's Funniest Home Videos. I didn't particularly like his comedy when I saw him here over and over time. But I have to say there's been something truly remarkable about the tone of those grieving the loss of Bob Saget. It seems that people, particularly men in Hollywood who were his peers, besides his wife and his daughters... Particularly though the men in Hollywood who were his peers and in the show business who who were his friends, very quickly find themselves in tears when they talk about Bob because the guy apparently really knew how to love people, and so all over the entertainment industry this week, from late night talk shows to shock jock radio places, you know, not known for their sentimentality necessarily places that can be locked tight up with cynicism and harshness. These places have been broken open with grief. Like they've had the wind knocked out of them. Men in tears. Late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel cried as he shared about how Bob and him would share life and stories about their kids and how when Kimmel's child was sick saget would check in with him all the time another comedian recalled how saget was the go-to guy who many would give a call to when they were in trouble need need a lawyer need a need a counselor need to have a pastrami sandwich after the girl broke up with you at 3 a.m call bob right and then there was the musician john Mayer. he's actually one of my favorite uh contemporary musicians He's a monster musician and um he uh, struggled not to cry as he said this about his dear friend Bob Saget. It's, it's a video of him and another uh, another comedian driving Bob Saget's pre back from LAX. I went to pick it up because he dropped it there on his way to Florida where he did this tour on his way to fly flight of LAX. And so he left his car there so... John, Mayer and this other this other comedian went and this comedian went and picked it up, and they videoed themselves talk just reflecting on him as they were in his car, reflecting on Bob Saget as they were driving in, his, in Bob's car, driving it home. And John Mayer said, "I've just never known a human being on this earth who could give that much love." Individually and completely to that many people in a way that made each person feel like he was a main character in their life and that they were a main character in his life and they joked that Bob had his wife, his daughters and the mayor said and 30,000 people were tied for third place. Mayer framed it this way. Do you know how effusive you have to be in your love for everyone in your life for each and every person he loved to be told by another he loved you so much? Everyone is held into place by Bob's insistence on telling everyone how much he loved everyone. Bob's effusive and repeated expression of love is the greatest gift he left people. Whew. Now I was inspired, moved, and convicted by that kind of testimony. You don't see that often. People pay tributes, right? But you don't hear that kind of visceral, gut level, heart level sharing that often. In music, comedy, show business, there's competitiveness. There's pride. You know, it's it's powerful stuff. But how hopeful to hear in the midst of that world tributes to to love Corinth was much the same you know as our modern showbiz world it was a wild place wild place lots of prodigal sons and daughters running around there was a word that meant to Corinthianize which was not a good word it was a kind of a rough hard partying place and to this place in the early church Paul writes about love and apparently in the Corinthian church, pride crept in because there was this group of gifts and if you got certain gifts, you were you thought of yourself more highly as, uh, than others. This was a problem in Corinth. Paul is, has addressed that in the previous chapter up to this moment. And then we get this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I speak in tongues... Now, tongues was a prayer language. Before God, it's a gift. You know, I think about John Mayer playing his guitar or uh, some of our finest comedians being able to make people laugh hysterically and all these gifted people. And tongues was... You know, we lift up certain gifts in our culture. Tongues was like one of the major gifts spiritually. And guess what? Paul says... Without love, it's just noise. The spiritual gift of tongues, prayer language. Without love, it's just bang, bang, noise. Paul continues, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. You know, Paul loves theology. Read him, you'll see. He's a fantastic teacher. He values spiritual thinking. He values prophetic words from God. Either telling someone about the future or telling the truth to someone, probably like Bob Saget and other good loving people do with their friends, right? But even so, Paul says, even the most prophetic, most knowledgeable person who lacks love is nothing. This is strong language here. Paul is not just saying, Paul is not just saying, prophets without love, well, they just have some rough edges. (laughs) Prophet is not saying, Paul is not saying, prophets without love, well, listen to them, but don't expect them to give you love. Paul is saying, that if you're a prophet, and you don't have love, you're nothing. You're nada. You're zip. Zippity the donuts, right? Right? Zero. Same goes for giving stuff away. Even giving our lives. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to flames but have not love, I gain nothing. We remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from our story of Daniel, right? These guys were thrown into the fire by a king. They're lifted up. We admire them. But Paul says, even that sort of obedience... If it lacks love, doesn't amount to anything. It says, I am nothing. See what Paul's doing here. He is taking all the stuff we might look up to spiritually and saying, without love, none of that matters. I think it's what what the death of someone, like, like what Bob Saget's death does for us, too. It reminds us what's most important. Whatever culture values the most, whether it's, the sort of spiritual razzle dazzle that the Corinthians were getting in the Corinthian church that they were into. Some kind of like hierarchy of spiritual gifts that, that they looked up to. If you're into that, or if you're into athletic ability or guitar playing ability or how, what you can make people laugh or financial success or even leadership ability or even success of whatever form that takes, whatever, being well-liked, or even being super spiritual and being able to interpret all these things, ah, if you don't have love, it amounts to zippity, doodah, nothing, zero, nada. The Foreigner Song though really remember the foreigner song from the 80s i want to know what love is <laughs> you know paul's going to tell us he's not just going to tell us without something you're, this is all this is nothing he's not going to tell us okay here's what it is he says first of all love is patient in the greeks uh, i'm going to give you a bunch of uh, scholarship here from leon morris he's a really nice job define these words. In the Greek, Leon Morris points out that, that patience is the opposite of being short tempered. Love is patient. It involves people, not just circumstances. It's like having a long fuse with people. Think of how we'd be in deep trouble if God didn't have a, a lot of patience with people. Love is Patience, Love is kind. This is the only time I think the Greek word ever appears for this in the New Testament. And it can mean kindness in service. Love is servingly kind. And kindness toward the unkind. Love serves kindly and serves toward the unkind. Love, he says, rejoices with the truth. Love cannot rejoice where truth is denied. This is fascinating. Because sometimes we talk about being lovey-dovey as if the truth doesn't matter. No that's not what that's not what Paul tells us. Here we have to pay attention closely here, because here Paul is telling us what love is and he's tying us, tying us to truth in our love. Love rejoices with the truth. Love cares about truth. The truth matters. It's not well, whatever this, whatever that on this side, just love each other. No, the truth matters. Love is related to the truth. It rejoices with the truth. Then uh, love always protects. The verb here basically means to cover. Hide by covering. Ward off by covering. It's possible that uh, you may be feeling vulnerable right now. And that may be a sign of a lack of love in your life. A real love. He goes further with this definition, Leon Morris does. He says, love conceals what is displeasing in another and does not drag it out into pitiless light or public scrutiny. So sure, you have the balance, right? Like, we'll get to the truth, we'll, we'll, we'll confront it, but we're not going to embarrass you or put it in public. We're not going to drag it out and beat you over the head. Remember we said a couple weeks ago, I quoted from J.B. Torrance, a theologian, where he once said, sin is never more sinful than when it exploits someone's sin for your gain. Whew, it's powerful. Thank you, J.B., the late J.B. Torrance from Scotland. Same idea, love always protects. Love conceals what is displeasing in another. It does not drag it out. You deal with it, but you put it in its place, right? You don't drag it out and use it against the person. Love always trusts. Always trust points to the quality that is ever ready to allow for circumstances and to see the best in others. It's always eager to believe the best. Doesn't mean gullible. It just means don't think the worst. Right? Love always hopes. It always hopes, meaning it's always looking forward. It's a refusal to take failure as final. Somebody somebody relapses again with their addiction we always have hope think of the scene in Lord of the Rings where Aragorn says there's always hope it's the confidence that looks to the ultimate triumph of the grace of God and then lastly he says love always perseveres always perseveres brings the, uh, the thought of steadfastness this stead- steadfastness this is my hero Earl Palmer's favorite word hupomeno Hoopameno. Hupomeno denotes positive fortitude. It's Earl's favorite Greek word from what I remember he used to say. It's the endurance of a soldier in the thick of battle. The endurance of a soldier in the thick of battle. It's not overwhelmed, but plays its part. Patient, kind, rejoicing the truth, protecting trusting hoping persevering now here's the thing the biblical god leaves none of these principles just in the abstract the story of the biblical god is not love as just a mere ideal to strive for this is very important love is real it's not just an ideal this is very important because this means that even when our most beloveds pass, even when the Bob Saget's of the world pass away, love still is. In the Instagram video, John and Jeff in the car, on, on, in, um, in uh, Bob's car on the way back from LAX on 405, they share all these positive tributes. And then there are these moments where both of them get real vulnerable. And Jeff, the comedian, says at one point, he says, I feel vulnerable i feel less protective without him bob in the world he really was the guy you called when you had life issues there's going to be something missing for a long time and then john mayer the monster musician who was driving said yeah the only person who could have given me the advice that i needed need right now with this right in a nuanced way that I can understand as Bob, because Bob was sadly a graduate of the University of Lost. Bob Sagan had lost two siblings to, to health um, tragedies. The guy to help with this grief is the guy who's not here, Mayor said. And he started, he was tearing up as he said that. I think about what I could say to these guys as a pastor, and in the midst of their beautiful sharing and mourning, And what you want to say is, while that loss is real, and needs to be mourned, and tribute needs to be paid. The biblical story assures us, without reservation, that everything good and beautiful about Bob Saget's love and about any good and beautiful love still exists. In light of the whole biblical story, when Paul says love is, we can't let that just be a description of the love we aspire toward. It is that, but it's more. When Paul says love is, it's not just a goal to aspire toward, it's a reality to be announced because the Father sent the Son and the Spirit to pitch his tent among us. So while we need to mourn and we need to be convicted and inspired by stories like Bob Saget's and other beloved amazing lovers of the world and those around us, we also need to see the memories as a breadcrumb trail that leads us to the source Because, as more than one person has pointed out, you can replace the word love in 1 Corinthians 13 with Jesus. Jesus is patient, Jesus is kind, Jesus rejoices with the truth, Jesus always protects, Jesus always trusts. Jesus always hopes. Jesus always perseveres. The thing about the things we enjoy, from light bulbs to vacations to good food to even people, is that we have a sell by date, an expiration date. Everything in life does. This is what Paul's saying, even about prophecies, right? Even they will cease, right? But love never does. Why? Because love is a person named Jesus who is eternal, who is enthroned, who is reigning. And because of that, and because we can know him, because we are his children, we can always receive it. Even when the things we love and the people we love pass away, which they will, love is, love still is. That 3 a.m. phone call, that communing, come here, I would say to Jeff Ross, (laughs) you know, that 3 a.m. pastrami sandwich, come here, I would say. Have a, have a look at this. Have a taste of grace in Jesus. He's still here. Come to God's people. God's still at work. Love is in Jesus Christ. And what we get here in this description in Paul, Is a nuanced look at all the ways Jesus loves us. And the question to ask is, what do you need right now in Jesus' love? Do you need more patience? Do you need more kindness? Do you need to, do you need more rejoicing in the truth? Are you having trouble with that? Do you need to be more protecting or trusting? Are you out of hope? What about, are you? hard to persevering especially with this covid stuff all of that is love is love is really there that's not just meaning a goal to aspire to it is that but it is really truly with us in jesus christ who is all of these loves tied up in a person and through a union and connection with him it is always there So that when we feel vulnerable, as Jeff Ross said so beautifully in the loss of beloveds, the love is still there. We need that wisdom, as John Mayer says about now this friend's gone, it's still there. You mourn your friend and you, you feel those feelings. And then we say to these people, but come, come and see, come and see. Come and be with the one who all the best things in life are given from and in whom love is always there. This is a time in our culture, in our world, where there is so much compressed and so much torqued. And you get the, it's like the Juan de Fuca plate out here. That's, you know, they say that big earthquake is supposed to, you know, could be coming. It's overdue. Who really knows? It's all a matter of numbers and odds and all that. And could be tomorrow, could be in 500 years. But there are signs, I think, to think of that as a metaphor in our culture where things are really shaking up anyway. We, you know, whether we have the real earthquake or the metaphorical earthquake, we are shaken, and we are stirred, and we are a mess. And yet, love is, love still is. This week, I'm going to think through this this list, and of course, he tells you what love is not, so you can look at that too. But I encourage you to start with what love is, and then think of the life of Jesus Christ and how he embodies and expresses love in these ways. And which of these expressions of love, patience, kindness, rejoicing in the truth, protectiveness, trusting, hoping, persevering, do you need the most in our crazy world? And maybe turn off the TV less or I'm not saying don't watch, but or look less at your Twitter feed. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, but but give adequate time to receive the love that is. Love is in Jesus Christ. It is present. He's will he's ready and willing to give us his love, his forgiveness. Remember, we forgive in his name, not in our own, right? And my peace I I leave with you, he says, it's not it's not our peace, it's his, right? It's his life that we're united to. We will always run out, but his love is eternal. May it be so for me and for you in this week and the weeks to come and months and years and lifelong and into eternity in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in whom love is, amen.